0: Thank Aaron and April for doing the SoundCloud for us. And next Sunday, uh, uh, the right-most Reverend Jay Bay up there will be teaching uh, for me next Sunday. And he'll be behind this, this lectern. I'll be preaching uh, next Sunday. So uh, you'll get to hear me down the worship service. Alright, the book of Judges chapter 7. Well... Have you ever had a plan that didn't work out very well? Yeah, how many times? I'm, uh, I'm a big football fan and I see sometimes teams try things and I think, boy, you didn't think through that very well. I'm, uh, I'm praying for my team that's going to play. I hope they're prayed up because they need a prayer. They're uh, they're playing LSU, and so uh, we need uh, we need all the help we can get, at divine or whatever. So uh, sometimes, so you have a plan and it just doesn't work out. I heard about somebody that had plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D, and uh, I said, really, you just need one. He said, no, with my uh, misfortune, I need more than one plan. Well, today. We look at Gideon, who was a judge. Now remember, in the book of Judges, you had one female judge, Deborah, and uh, she did an awesome, mighty work. But today we look at Gideon, who is our next judge, and there is another enemy on the horizon. And we find that the Midianites are the enemy here. Now think about this. If they just would have done what God called them to do to begin with, you wouldn't have all these battles going on. They should have went in there, cleaned house, defeated the enemies, taken the land, and everything would have been great. They didn't do that. So you got the book of Judges. Where there is battle after battle, enemy after enemy, because they didn't do what God said to do at the beginning. Is that not our lot? We failed to do what God called us to do first, and then we have to retreat, fight another battle, retreat, and have another battle. Now, Vance Havner. Uh, the great North Carolinian country preacher, Vance Habner, said this Moses was a man of faith. He was able to see the invisible, choose the imperishable, and do the impossible. Now, that quote about Moses could be applied to Gideon. That Gideon was a man that just did the impossible. But i tell you again, when God is in it, little is much when God is in it. Today, the church may be known for doing good deeds. But today, it's better known for just struggling through. If you look at statistics today, so many churches are on the downslide not the upslide. You and I are in a very, very unusual spot where God is blessing our church. and We are living in wonderful days today. We're going to have a church conference today. And I remember the days when I pastored churches. They talked about church conferences and every preacher would hold their breath for fear of what was going to break loose that day. But you and I have a unity. We have a spiritual prosperity God is blessing today. God's plan is always characterized by one single word. It's the word faith. Faith. It's not what we can see. It's what God does behind the scenes. By faith we find that we always do God's best. So I want to read here in Judges chapter 7 verses 1 through 8. So get your Bible there, Judges 7 verses 1 through 8. Then Jeroboam, that is Gideon, and all the people who were with him, by the way, I'm, I'm glad you got another name. I like Gideon better than Jeroboam. The <laughs> Bible says, "...Rose early and camped beside the spring of Herod. And the camp of Midian was on the north side of them by the hill of Morah in the valley. The Lord said to Gideon, The people who are with you are too many for me to give Midian into their hands." For Israel would become boastful, saying, My own power has delivered me. Now therefore, come proclaim in the hearing of the people, saying, Whoever is afraid and trembling, let him return and depart from Mount Gilead. So 22,000 people returned, but 10,000 remained. Now, let me stop right there and tell you this. Can you imagine a general coming before the troops and saying, hey, if anyone here is a little timid, you just go home. That's what he did. The Bible says 22,000 picked up and went on back home. I said, hey, you guys come on back here. He started out with 32,000, now he's down to 10,000. Let's pick it up in verse 4. Then the Lord said to Gideon, The people are still too many. Now I believe if I had been Gideon, I would have said, Lord, I'm not hearing you very well. I just got rid of 22,000. What do you mean it's still too many? Let's read on. Bring them down to the water, and I will test them for you there. Therefore it shall be that he of whom I say to you, This one shall go with you, he shall go with you. But every one of whom I say to you, This one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water. And the Lord said to Gideon, You shall separate everyone who laps the water with his tongue as a dog laps." as well as everyone who kneels to drink. Now the number of those who laughed, putting their hand to their mouth, was 300 men. But all the rest of the people kneeled to drink water. Let me stop there and tell you this. I can see Gideon. Alright? Here they are separated. Now, did Gideon walk over to the three hundred? No, he didn't. He walked over to the bigger group. <laughs> and God said, yeah, yeah, we're the wrong group here. The 300. Look here at verse number 7. The Lord said to Gideon, I will deliver you with the 300 men who lacked and will give the Midianites into your hands. So let all the other people go, each man to his own home. So the three hundred men took the people's provisions and their trumpets into their hands, and Gideon sent all the other men of Israel each to his tent, but retained the three hundred men, and the camp of Midian was below him in the valley. Alright, here's the story. Gideon takes three hundred. Where are the weapons? They don't have any. Where's the swords and the spears? They don't have where's the armor? They don't have it. All they got is a is a pitcher and a lamp. That's all they got. And they're going with Gideon into battle. Now I'm sure there were some that were questioning that and wanting to second guess, hey, what's going on? But God said To ensure, to make sure that I get the glory for this victory, I'm going to make sure that everybody knows you didn't do this on your own. I want to tell you, God wants His people to be a people of faith. More than anything else, God wants to to see you and I walk in obedience not according to sight, but according to faith. Peter, in the New Testament, I I love Peter. I think I'm probably, um, he is most like me, I'm most like him. But Peter one time went out to fish. Jesus said, How's the fishing going? Peter said, It's lousy. Jesus said, Launch out into the deep. Peter said, Jesus, you don't know much about fishing. I'm the fisherman. You yeah, don't catch fish out there. Jesus said, launch out into the deep. He went out into the deep. What happened? Got so many fish, couldn't pull the nets in. It didn't sound right. It didn't look right, but it was right. What about the Israelites when they went out to face the big, bad bully Goliath? Everybody was scared to go. A great army couldn't defeat the Philistines, but one little shepherd boy did. And the reason why is because he did it by faith. What about the spies? Oh, you remember when the spies went out to spy out the Promised Land. Twelve spies went out. Ten saw everything by sight. Two saw everything by faith. Ten said, we're going to get clobbered. Two said, we're going to clobber them. But yet the minority report lost. And they went back into the wilderness and died and perished. In this text, if we learn anything, it's not by sight. It is always by faith. That God conquers. God had a plan, a plan that involved small army with no weapons, a small army that would defeat the Midianites by faith in a mighty, mighty God. Do you remember a little chorus that that we sang? What a mighty God we serve. Yeah, I love that. You know, what a mighty God we serve, man. You get the people marching to Him. <laughs> Heard about a preacher that preached a revival and, and uh, he preached on Jericho. And he said, I don't believe we believe this story. So he had the whole congregation get up and march around the church seven times. And then had them shout. I want to tell you, sometimes... God does the odd. God does the unusual. God does what we are not accustomed to seeing just because He wants us out of our comfort zone. He wants to show us what He can do when we let go and let God move in. Amen. All there is to it. Alright, that's good preaching, but i got to go on, okay? Now, I want you to look first of all at the realities the realities of God's plan. That's verses 2-14. through 14. But before we look at that, my verse that seems to direct my life so much is Jeremiah 29-11. I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans for welfare and prosperity to bring you to... And expected in. The New American Standard says to give you a future and a hope. In my life, I've had detours. I've had potholes. I've had barriers that I had to drive around. Sometimes I would take the exit ramp from God's will and God would have to get me back on the road. Not too long ago, I was driving down I-20. And I was in the zone. Man, in my mind, I was thinking about what I'm going to preach on the 29th. Man, I was just in the zone. I, I was just out of there. I missed my exit. Went right past Spears Creek Church Road. It's a long way from there to Elgin exit. Although I understand they just built a Love's there at the exit there at at, uh, Elgin. There's an Arby's in there. I like their little roast beef sandwich. But anyway, (laughs) I had to go all the way down there, get off and turn around come back. I thought, Lord, all of this because I missed an exit. God seemed to shake me and say, "Uh, Preacher boy, how many times have you missed an exit? My will because you were zoned out in your own world and failed to consult Me. So many times. Well, God had a plan here. Alright, verses 2-7, through seven, His plan was different. We read that a while ago. Uh, Gideon planned to go into battle with 32,000 men. Gideon planned to go into battle with swords and spears and and armor. and You know, if he'd have had hand grenades and machine guns and all that, he wanted to go in like that. But God said no. 32,000 all the way down to 300 men. God often has a different plan just to make sure That he gets the glory and you and I are moved out of the way. Well, God's plan was also declared. Now, look at verses 13 through 14. Let's read 13 through 14. When Gideon came, behold, a man was relating a dream to his friend. And he said, Behold, I had a dream. A loaf of barley bread was tumbling into the camp of Midian. And it came to the tent and struck it so that it fell, and turned it upside down so that the tent lay flat. His friend replied, now This is nothing less than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. God has given Midian and all the camp into his hand. Can you read that story right there? What force brought that tent down? A loaf of bread. I, I've never been scared of a loaf of bread in my life. In fact, if I have anything that that I crave, that I love, something I can't do without, it's bread. My My dad was a baker and My mom was a cake decorator. Every cake was safe in our house because I I didn't care for the cakes too much, but man, bread. Hot bread out of the oven. Mm Mmm. Salivating just thinking about it. My dad made a raisin bread. He made a bucket bread that He cut down the middle and baked this wonderful butter into and hot out of the oven. He made all these wonderful breads. I'd come home from high school. I'd come in there. You know what? When I was in high school, I hate to tell you this, but when I was in high school, I always looked forward to going to somebody's house and seeing sliced bread. I thought, man, that was a treat. Man, you, you got bread that's sliced. Uh, in my house, we always had to cut the bread because they ever bring home the loaf, it wasn't sliced. But you know what? All my friends, they thought it was a big treat when they came to my house and had that fresh bread. You know what that tells us? We never like what we got. We're never satisfied. But anyway, the Bible says here just a little loaf of bread brought down the tent of Midian. Well, let's, let's look at something else, all right? God's plan's always distinct. Verse number twelve. Verse number twelve. Now the Midianites and the Amalekites, and all the sons of the east, were lying in the valley, as numerous as locusts and their camels were without number, as numerous as the sand on the seashore. When you look at verse number 12, 300 men are going to defeat that horde. But yet, God said, this is the way I'm going to get the glory. Now, let me make this application. When God tells you to do something, so many times it won't make sense. When God tells you to give sacrificially, that doesn't make sense. When God tells you that you need to volunteer to be a greeter, you need to volunteer to a ministry in the church, it doesn't always make sense. I want to brag on the group in our church the associate deacons. I want to tell you, those guys are wonderful. i They're part of the group I oversee. I look over those guys. And, and during the Christmas pageant, they did hazardous duty on that Friday. It was raining. It was cold. It was miserable. And those young guns were out there in the parking lot. I uh, had one lady who came on Saturday and uh, she got here 20 minutes late and wanted a parking spot. I said, lady, I said, you need to come an hour and a half early to get a parking spot. You're 20 minutes late for the performance. She said, well, let me just pull in there and see if I can find a spot. I said, lady, there's no spot in there. She said, well let me just I said, now listen, there's nothing in there. We went back and forth for a while and she just stayed there. And uh, I thought to myself, boy, what what did I do you know what, what do I do with her? I mean, I don't know what to do. And finally the little deputy walked up there and said, ma'am, if you just pull your car on. Well she finally did. But you know, I, I think she had a few words that she was saying as she just pulled on <laughs> I can read lips. I mean I, I read. It. I've seen enough football coaches on the sidelines. I can read lips. I want to tell you something, when you volunteer for a ministry, it doesn't always work out the way you want it to. It doesn't always turn out the way you think it's going to turn out. But if God is in it, you click your heels and you say yes, sir to God, and you be obedient. You be obedient. Alright, let's move on. Number two on your outline. The requirements of God's plan. God had some requirements here. And that, that's verses 15 through 18. Let, let's look at that, alright? Verse 15. When Gideon heard the account of the dream and its interpretation, he bowed in worship. He returned to the camp of Israel and said, Arise, for the Lord is given the camp of Midian into your hands. Let's go ahead and read uh, 16-18. through He divided the 300 men into three companies, and he put trumpets and empty pitchers into the hands of all of them, with torches inside the pitchers. He said to them, look at me and do likewise. And behold, when I come to the outskirts of the camp, do as I do. When I and all who are with me blow the trumpet, then you also blow the trumpets all around the camp and say, For the Lord and for Gideon. So here's the plan they were going to march against Midian, they were going to have these pitchers with a lamp inside, and then they were going to blow the trumpet. And as they would break the pitcher, the light would be shining. Now, this may be getting ahead of the story, but here's what happened. Midian is camped down the valley. The Midianites and the Amalekites are down there in the valley. Gideon has his 300 guys up there above. And in the pitch of dark, in the pitch of dark, they break these pitchers, they blow the trumpets, they shout, all of them, enemy look up and they see those 300. They were scared to death. God's plan requires surrender. Verse number 13 Gideon was a general with 32,000 followers, but by following God's plan with 300, he won the victory. God's plan requires submission, they had to submit. 22,000 soldiers walked away out of fear. You didn't want those guys with you anyway. 9,700 were dismissed because they didn't drink water in the right way. What a foolish thing in our eyes. I mean, they just didn't drink water in the right way. Let me tell you why that was important. 9,700 stuck their face down in the water and drank. But 300 laughed like a dog, keeping their head up, keeping their vision up, looking for the enemy. That's the 300 that you wanted. And God knew that all along. God's plan also requires steadfastness. Verse number 16, Trumpets... Empty pitchers and torches. No weapons. It took great and mighty faith. Now look at verse number 18. Look at verse number 18. Look at that again. Verse 18. The Bible says, When I and all who are with me blow the trumpet, then you also blow the trumpets all around the camp and say, For the Lord... And for Gideon. Whose name came first? The Lord. For the Lord. And for Gideon. Whatever you plan to do, if you put yourself before the Lord, it's always going to fail. It's always going to fail. I love this quote I found. A guy by the name of J.G. Stipe. Mr. Stipe said this, Faith is like a toothbrush. Everybody should have one and use it on a regular basis, but it isn't safe to borrow someone else's. I want to tell you, my my wife has been sick and and I've been making sure I stay far away from her. I mean, I didn't even high fiber this week. I just kind of from a distance went like this here, you know, as I go out the door. You can't borrow somebody else's faith. Faith to our children is not passed down through the bloodstream. It's not hereditary. They've got to discover their faith. They've got to discover their way just for themselves. I've had so many conversations with parents through the years and I always tell them this. You don't want them to have your faith. You want them to have their faith. You remember that. You don't want to force your values on them. You want them to find their values. Because if you force what you've got on them, guess what? When they leave the house, it's going to be gone. You want them to discover their faith and their walk and their devotion and their way in the kingdom of God. That's what you want them to have. Alright, so surrender, submission, and to be steadfast are always God's requirements. Okay, third and last thing today. Still with me, say Amen. Amen. Alright, let's look at the results of God's plan. That's verses 21 through 23. 21 through 23. Alright, I'm going to skip on down here. and uh, Well, let's go ahead and look at this. Verse 21, Then Jotham escaped and fled, and went to Beer, and remained there because of Abimelech his brother. Then you find in verse 22, now, Abimelech ruled over Israel three years. And then you find in verse 23, then God sent evil spirit between Abimelech and the men of Shechem. And the men of Shechem dealt treacherously. And so as you look there at that passage in chapter 9, I'm reading chapter 9 there, by the way. Sorry. Sorry. As you look there in chapter 9, you find that disarray happened after God's victory here. Now, let me look back at verses 21 through 23, all right? I'm going to get on the right page. I know I'll read that other again, right? Verse 21, I'm on page 218 in my Bible. Here we go. Each stood in his place around the camp. And the army ran crying out as they fled. All right, verse 22. When they blew 300 trumpets, the Lord set the sword of one against another, even throughout the whole army. Now look down, at verse 23. The men of Israel were summoned from Naphtali and Asher and all Manasseh, and they pursued Midian. All right, so they got them on the run. Now in verse 21, God's enemies are defeated. Notice that the enemy ran cried and fled. And then you find God's people are victorious. Verse 23 says, They pursued Midian. They chased after them. Let me show you the most important thing. It's back in verse number 2. Alright, Judges chapter 7, verse number 2. The Lord said to Gideon, the people who are with you are too many for Me to give Midian into their hands. For Israel would become boastful saying, My own power has delivered Me. God never blesses a boastful, arrogant, prideful people. Adrian Rogers, I used to love to listen to him preach and still listen to him on BBN. Adrian Rogers had a great quote. He said, There shall be no peacocks in heaven. He said nobody's strutting around in heaven. Isaiah chapter 42 verse 8 says, I am the Lord that is my name. I will not give my glory to another, nor my praise to graven images. God will never, never give His glory to another. God sometimes will change our plan, but I remind you, His plan is always the best plan. I want you to look at one verse here as we close today. Look at 1 John. Find this in your New Testament. 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 4. 1 John chapter 5 and verse number 4. I'm going to close with this. 1 John 5 4. The Bible says, for whatever is born of God overcomes the world. I love that. Whatever is born of God. And then it says, and this is the victory that has overcome the world. What is it? Our Faith. faith. Our faith. That's what overcomes the world. Let's pray together. Oh God, thank You today for the way that You bless us when we plug into Your plan. Oh God, I thank You for the lesson of Gideon. God, for the mighty way that You used him. Lord, may You do it in us today when we submit to Your plan. I pray this in the wonderful name of Jesus. Amen. Y'all have a Merry Christmas.